Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Ocean Pleasant is a professional astrologer and cosmic coach, distilling the ancient wisdom of the stars into practical tools to answer some of life's biggest questions around purpose, potential, and love. She brings a personable, seasoned approach to both her one-on-one clients and partnerships with lifestyle brands, most recently featuring a collaboration with Target. Her platform is the culmination of a lifetime of celestial fascination and study paired with a background in business and media recognized by Forbes 30 under 30, the Thiel Thiel Fellowship, that's a tongue twister, TEDx and others. I am so excited to introduce you guys to Ocean. She's one of my favorite IG follows. So entertaining, so smart, so grounding actually for me. And thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I've been a fan for a while. So coming together and getting to talk is such a treat. Here we are. It's like we were just talking. We've had so many like strangers in the night moments over the last like five years or four years we've known of each other and our friends are friends. And we've, you know, even worked for similar people. Uh, We've both worked with Deborah Silverman and she's a favorite on the pod. And I just feel like timing is everything. So there's a reason why we are connecting now and I'm grateful for it. And I'm just like, so here for your content and what you post. And, um, so what we didn't say is your founder of witchy kid and witchy kid is also your TikTok. And I would love for you to just tell me her TikTok account. You're just so entertaining. You're so funny. You're using media. This makes so much sense to me. Like celestial fascination paired with media brings you witchy kid. Talk to me about this. Why is it going viral? Like you're tuned in. What are people seeing in this? Like it's, it's so powerful and you're bringing astrology to Gen Z. I did not expect the virality potential of TikTok when I downloaded it. I absolutely downloaded it, assuming that no one I knew was ever going to come across anything I was making. So I let myself really assimilate into the culture of the app, which is using trending memes and sounds and cultural phenomenon to talk about whatever you have expertise in, right? So here I am making these like goofy but informational videos about astrology. And I think since I downloaded it at the beginning of 2020, scaling it to 100,000 followers in eight months was not something I had planned or accounted for at all. Um, And I think the beauty of it is that we're seeing astrology blow up everywhere. I think that it's coming for a deeper sense and desire for self-knowing. And then like the the business and consumer aspect of it is I think mainstream is finally picking up on how beneficial it is and kind of going a little too far into using astrology for marketing purposes. Like I got a sponsored ad from the U.S. Navy about which post best suits you based on your sign. And that's when I was like, you know what? (laughs) That's just proof that you really can apply astrology to anything. And I think people are hungry to learn more about themselves. People are hungry to go deeper than just surface level interactions and content. And you know that like the word authentic is in your brand. So I've really been committed to using this access point to Gen Z 
to create a framework for self-optimization, to destigmatize the woo-woo characterization of astrology and prove that it's not just clickbait and it's not just something that your, you know, great aunt, great aunt Shelly, who smells like patchouli talks about, you know, like there is a really beautiful middle ground um, that you don't have to treat it like a belief system or a throwaway horoscope, that there is something there to dig into and to cultivate. And I did kind of find that niche on TikTok at that intersection of technology and astrology. Mm, I love this for you. And I'm so here for it. I love your content and I love how you just described TikTok, um, and how you assimilated to the culture of the app. I think like, it's so interesting. You're the first Gen Z guest I've had on the show and you seem like you're a thousand years old to me. So I can't believe you're only 24. Like you're so wise. (laughs) It's unreal. And, um, you know, you've lived a really, outrageous and amazing life. And, um, yeah, I'm just really kind of blown away by, by you and what you've been able to create. But the bigger part for me is I'm feeling a disconnect from TikTok. Like I finally feel old and I am like the first on top of tech. Like I love tech. I believe the future is where humanity and technology intersects. Like I'm here for it. I have every new iPhone that the week it comes out. Like I love technology, but I'm finding it harder and harder to keep up. And TikTok is one of those platforms that I just like, I couldn't add another one. And I have FOMO every day for not being on it. And my, my question around TikTok and around this media, just for you and the astrology of the time is what role, how can we as a collective that have completely different relationships with technology, where we have my parents, the boomers who like Instagram is hard. FaceTime is hard. And then we have us, the millennials who are like doing our best (laughs) to keep up. And then we have Gen Z who's just like, it's fluid in so many ways. And I mean that word very literally like Gen Z, the word that I use to describe Gen Z is fluid, um, in every sense of the word, um, spiritually gender. I mean, you name it like so tuned in. And then we have these kids that I'm babysitting now that like they swipe the TV because that's just like, they think that's, what's going to turn it on. Right. So from an astrological standpoint, and just from your like fascination and deep sort of connection to technology, where's the, where's the common ground in all of this? Like, how do we use it to our advantage to create more healing and connectedness instead of like pulling us farther apart into our like little silos? It's interesting that you use the word silo, because one of the reasons that I think TikTok in particular can seem so daunting, but also so siloed is how humanistic the algorithm is. And I think this plays into the conversation of what can make TikTok really intersectional or what can make it really daunting. Because as soon as you engage on the app for a couple of hours, it gets a really attuned idea of what you're interested in, what your political views are, what you do in your free time, likely your age group, your demographic, what you do for work. And the flip side is that anybody and everybody has a voice on TikTok. 96% of the content you engage with are people you've never heard or seen of before. Whereas Instagram, to me, ironically, is more of a silo because you're only interacting with people you follow. And TikTok is a new face, new content every day, but it does become really specifically tailored to you. And when you figure out how to embody your voice and your niche on a platform that is designed to bring your tribe to you, I think that that's why TikTok is so important. And I don't see it described that way. So I don't think it's too late for you to get into it. And I can see you giving some really serious life, business, overlap, wisdom um, to the Gen Z marketplace. And so definitely don't write off TikTok just yet if you have the bandwidth for it. So it's not Um, too late. It is not too late. And I think that's really important. Another thing too is that I feel super out of touch with corners of TikTok that I'm not 
in, right? So the dancing and some of the trending topics, I was hanging out with this kind of diverse friend group the other night and we each pulled out our phones and our TikTok feeds were so different. I was seeing creators and content I had never seen before. And I'm on this app every day. So to, to trust that the, the app is designed to bring like-minded people together, but I think that you still have a huge influence on that based on your interests. Whereas Instagram really does give you pretty much all the control, like who you follow is the content you see, but on TikTok, your interests are what brings people to you and vice versa. So I think that there is more intersectionality on TikTok. um, And I see this playing a really big role in the way that we share information. Like even some Trump rallies a year or two ago were completely disbanded because a bunch of kids on TikTok got together and RSVP'd for all of the seats and he showed up to an empty rally, right? Like that's a ridiculous application of a dance app, you know? So. Okay, well, you just sold me and nobody has put it in that context for me before. And it's also where Gen Z is and it's like where they're playing, where they're engaging, creating and learning. And I love Gen Z. I say this all the time, like for whatever reason, like we are still healing a lot. The millennials, I feel like are stuck between Gen Z and the baby boomers where we're like still processing and healing, but, or not awake. Like we're in this space, whereas Gen Z is just here. And because the internet was just like there, you know, like no life without it, it's actually like a part of who you are. And with that, the level of knowledge, understanding, acceptance, um, just love that Gen Z has. Like I say, Gen Z as a whole, like everyone that I meet that's a Gen Z gives me so much hope for the future. And that's who's on TikTok. And we're missing them. Like for everyone listening, Gen Z is our future. And like, I would love to be the person that they follow for marketing advice and for authentically using your voice online and then seeing these tools and strategies come to life in the younger generation would just be super powerful. So Mm. I am going to download it and give it another chance today. You just totally sold me. And the word that you used was the Gen Z marketplace. And I was like, that's where they are. Like, if you want to connect, if you want to see what's going on, I literally, one of my questions for you was what's happening with Gen Z. I don't know. Cause I'm not on TikTok. Let's <laughs> realized it. Like what's happening. What's hot. What's new. Like I love knowing it's one of my favorite things. I asked our friend, Eric's kid, he's like 13. And I'm always like, what's happening? Like what's cool. What's the music. What's like, I really want to know. And mm-hmm. all I need to do is just get on TikTok. <laughs> I am so glad I convinced you because I think that you would be such an amazing resource for people on TikTok. And we can do a powwow later about how to optimize scaling on because TikTok will intentionally boost a user's first couple posts to gauge interest. So really making sure that your first few posts are home runs and that's how you can really capitalize on the virality potential of TikTok, because as people are noticing, it is really hard to scale on Instagram. It is no, it is really hard to get people to commit to clicking that follow button. Whereas on TikTok, there's so much more openness to new ideas and perspectives and creators. And you get one popular post and it's, you know, 5,000 followers overnight. You don't have to convince anyone of your worthiness on TikTok. It's just, are you interesting? Do you have something I want to know about? Sold. And I love, it feels decentralized in a way because of that. It's like the wild, wild west. It sort of feels like Instagram in like 2013, maybe. Yes, it's definitely. And you can tell that you know, now is a really good time to get in because as TikTok gets bigger, I think that they're feeling seduced by the old scaling models of Facebook and Instagram. And I think it's really important that the users who've made it what it is, hold the platform accountable to what makes it special and not just the thing to do with a social app. 
Right. So right. to really take advantage of the way that the algorithm supports smaller voices before it maybe becomes in, you know, another, you know, boosting self-promotion site, which I hope it doesn't become that. Um, I but so too. But I, I don't think it will because then we're just going to see every five or six years a new iteration mm-hmm. of a social app that promises connectivity and then sells out, promises connectivity and sells out. And I think somebody's going to have to, you know, break the cycle at some point. Yeah. No, I love that. And I just thank you so much. This is such new content for this podcast. Like I've never had this conversation before. Um, And as somebody who wants, like, I really deeply care about staying on the edge of technology, of humanity from every, from a holistic perspective. And I, I have felt a resistance to it, but you just cut right through it. And I also want to learn and I want to get served new content and discover new people. And especially Gen Z, I just think, um, we're missing out on, on a huge, especially, yeah, especially right now. So before we talk more about your journey, which is so fascinating, and I would love for you to share more, um, can we talk a little bit and ground us in astrology talk for a moment? Um, what feels important to share right now? Something that, that you were sharing last week, um, we're recording this closer to a, the cancer moon or new moon in cancer. And you were talking about the mother wound and it just like hit home so hard. Um, I had such a powerful week and you just put words to it um, through astrology. And so I would love for you to just kind of share what feels important around astrology right now, whether it's something specific going on or how to use astrology, just whatever's coming up for you around this topic. Definitely. Last week with the Cancer New Moon, right? Cancer represents the divine feminine. But I do believe that through the male gaze, through the patriarchy, the divine feminine has become polluted. So the stereotypes that you may hear of every sign, particularly cancer, crabby, paranoid, moody, oversensitive, right? Those are all the inverted descriptions of intuitive, kind, deep heart, um, like unbelievable empath, right? Like, you know, uh, intuitive became paranoid and, you know, deeply sensitive became crazy, right? And so astrology to me represents the reclamation of divine feminine because astrology being passed orally, being passed through generation after generation, hundreds of years, thousands of years, and who were the people passing this along? It was the women burned at the stake for being witches. It was, and I think what we notice across different facets of culture is that the patriarchy loves to pick away at things that are uniquely relevant to women, that women are uniquely good at. And so undermining astrology, ostracizing it as some woo-woo parlor trick, to me, ultimately, that's a talking point of the patriarchy. That has nothing to do with astrology. So as we're healing the mother wound, whether that's something that came up for you during the new moon or whenever you happen to be listening to this, I think that there's a really powerful utilization of astrology that acknowledges what you came here to ascend into, what purpose you signed up for, and the karma and patterns you came here to conclude, right? And I think there are three particular places in your birth chart that you can pull up right now and ask yourself, where do you fall on the spectrum of that activation, right? And I would love to go into those three points with you so that anyone can pull up their chart and have that conversation, really sit with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that ultimately for me, astrology is a framework for self-optimization. You do not have to treat it as a belief system. You can be Christian. You can be you know, agnostic. You can be whoever you are and still use astrology to cultivate and dig deeper into why you're here and what you're good at and what your growth edges are. Um, so in my work, in my teachings, in my content, I really do aim at making it accessible to anyone and making sure that we don't forget that by honoring what we came here to do, 
and using a framework that has been passed down largely through the divine feminine for thousands of years, um, that that is an act of revolution. <laughs> Mic drop. Um, that was incredibly well said. And I think it's super powerful. And I too feel the same way about astrology. I'm madly in love with astrology because it astrology taught me and actually to credit Deborah in particular, um, because I am a very much a Gemini and everything you just said rings so true about cancer, my cancer moon. Um, but in Gemini, I was loud. I was flighty. I was indecisive. Right. And what Deborah taught me through the way that she teaches astrology and what you just mentioned is there's a high road and there's a low road. And looking at the high road, it also has helped me like on strength assessment tests and business. Like what I think what a lot of people don't realize too, um, is Carl Jung, who created the Myers Briggs test was the 16 personality types was an astrologer and mm -hmm. like, we're just using this system. And so every personality test that you take is actually rooted in astrology. Um, mm -hmm. and when you can understand your chart, you can understand yourself and you have to understand yourself before you can understand others. And so for me, it's a path to love and it's a path to God. And I was like, Oh, I'm a Gemini. Oh, like it's a bad thing. I used to say mm -hmm. that. Like wow. the fact that I'm a Gemini is my favorite thing about myself, you know? And so that just alone, that reframe to see these qualities, these characteristics, these things and be like, oh, there's a low road. Yes. And here's how you live your chart. Here's how you step more into that. And I love how you talking, you talk about like how to optimize or like live your chart. So I want to talk more about that. But first you said those three things that you wanted to look at. Do you want to yes. look at my chart specifically, or do you want to just talk to it in general? I would love to do that. Let me outline the three points and then we can, I can figure out what those are for you and we can go into your chart as well. Um, the high road and low road is a really important thing to, to know about every placement, every aspect. Another introduction to the conversation is the idea of asleep and awake. Mm. And when we look at your rising sign, when we look at your midheaven, and when we look at your Saturn position, these three aspects tell me the soul agreement and the karma that you signed up to unlearn and step into. So I want to break those three points down for anyone who has Thank access you. to the I was just going to say, can we go, can we go back? Yes. <laughs> so when talking about any placement in astrology, when you read the binary description of it and it doesn't resonate with you, it's either because that's asleep in you or there is something that is overshadowing your access to that element, to that quality. So bear in mind that this is a nuanced conversation. And if you need help navigating it, you can book a session with an astrologer. There are so many resources, but just keeping it simple, right? The ascendant is called the rising sign because it's what you are rising towards in this lifetime. Mm. Your rising sign is your soul's agreement. So what happens is that children often present as their rising sign in adolescence, but sometimes their rising sign gets trained out of them, right? They might have a really outgoing fire rising but they're told to sit still and they're put on ADD meds and they're told that they're too loud and too bold and too bright. And then you end up with someone who doesn't know how to get in touch with their fire, right? Now I want to add a little footnote there that clinical, you know, diagnoses are completely valid and I'm not equating ADD <laughs> to a certain sign, yes. but yes, you yes, see yes. how certain qualities can get trained out of people. So Getting back in touch with the high road of your rising sign is kind of your North Star. So that's really important to ask yourself on a scale of one to 10, how much do I resonate with my rising sign? Because that's literally what I am ascending towards in this lifetime. And any opportunity that I have to walk the path of my rising, that's an opportunity that I am encouraged to take. Mm. Right? So that's step one, right? Mm. Now, step two, taking the recalibration of your soul, knowing what path you came here to walk, 
Now, how do we relate that to the outside world? How do we incorporate that with our ambitions, with the way that we're perceived and the path that we are chasing in this lifetime, right? So then I wanna draw your attention to your midheaven or the MC. This is the very top of your chart. And this indicates your natural proclivity in career. The goals, the job, the career that you're kind of destined for. And so then I want you to dive into what sign rules your midheaven and I want you to look at what you're currently doing, at what you're currently making time for in your life, and have an honest conversation about whether or not those things line up, if they feel divinely supported and aligned with the qualities of your midheaven, hmm. right? It doesn't mean that you can't do whatever you want. Free will is absolutely still in the picture, but it's kind of like going with the tide of yeah. a river, right? You put a raft in and it's going to make the most sense to go with the flow of the river rather than try to paddle upstream. So, you know, you may have the midheaven of a performer and you're an accountant. I'm sure you'll have a comfortable living as an accountant, but you'd probably rather be on stage, you know? <laughs> so just getting familiar with the the persona and the, the purpose that you your chart is pointing to in your midheaven. Hmm. And then thirdly, looking at Saturn, which is the planet of life lesson and responsibility. This is where I want you to remember the scale, the spectrum between asleep and awake, right? Sometimes I think high and low road have a connotation of one demonstration of a sign being more favorable than another. Mm -hmm. And I think what really that points to is what are the life circumstances that led you to be a specific manifestation of that sign, right? Like, you know, fire sign kids who weren't getting enough attention may go louder or they may completely shut down. So they might have overdeveloped fire or it's been snuffed out. Mm, so totally. awake, awake and asleep, I think is a little more amenable to life circumstances, to yeah. what experiences have made you, you. So taking that into account with Saturn, right? Let's take... Saturn and Aries, for example, right? Aries is the go-getter, it's athletic, it's pushy, it's bold. It tells you what everything is, straight up, no filter, no questions asked, right? That is the most embodied version of Aries. Someone may have Saturn and Aries and they are terrified of the spotlight. They hate being seen. They don't know how to stand up for themselves. Confrontation is terrifying, right? And so their Saturn placement is asleep. They came here to learn how to wake up in that placement. On the flip side, someone may be so over the top and so pushy that it just bumps everyone the wrong way and their fire is burning people left and right. They're burning bridges faster than they build them. And they're here to learn how to temper their fire, right? So remembering that everything exists on a spectrum of awake to asleep. That just, yep, that's it. <laughs> I just realized so much about my chart. It's so funny. I look at my chart all the time and I'm like an amateur astrologer because I like through osmosis through like editing hundreds of astrology videos in my career. I like think I know things right. But then I have a conversation like this and I see my chart in a whole new light and it's like, right, this makes so much sense. And I love those three points that you pull out. Cause it's not the typical like sun, moon and rising or, um, you know, progress moon or things like that, that are so often talked about. And I'm realizing so much as I look at this, um, thank you so much for sharing that. And I feel like that everybody's right now going to go grab your chart. If you guys, um, aren't aware of where to do this astro.com. You just type in it and you pull your chart up right away. And like she said, your ascendant is your rising MC on your chart is your mid heaven. And there's a little, um, cheat sheet over on the left-hand side here. And then, um, wherever your Saturn is. So, um, do you want to see mine? Absolutely. I do. I'm so excited for you to see this. Okay. So can you see? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've got my, so all I feel on you, by the way, before we keep going, do you just have, I don't actually know your chart, which I'm dying to know, but I have to guess first, do you just have like a hundred planets in Aquarius or what? My Jupiter is in Aquarius in the 11th house. So I love astrology. I love future pacing. I love networking. I love people. Um, and Jupiter is your joy. So if you can integrate the qualities of your Jupiter placement into your daily life, 
that's pretty much guaranteeing that you enjoy every day. I and, feel so uh, much Aquarius on you. Tell me your chart really quickly. We can dive into it in a second, but I just have to know. I can't go on. <laughs> I am Pisces sun, Aries rising and Aries moon. Pisces, right. Totally. Okay. And my Saturn is also in Aries. So I feel like I came in with a lot of fire and I just want to wake everyone up to their fullest potential. So I put my foot in my mouth. I'm loud. I'm excited. And then the Pisces kind of softens the rough edges of Aries and goes, okay, let's listen as much as we speak. Let's really sink into the emotional content of what's happening. And my Aries is like, go, 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 go. So you're such a nice, like you're such a, like you're, I, it's funny that it's Aries. I would, I would, I almost feel like more sad than Aries because Mm -hmm. there's like such a playfulness and a like performance to your, to your content. And it's just like, it's not, it's not, it's not what I would typically like associate. Yeah. I think that every sign has stereotypes and then there's more of an esoteric explanation. And I think that, um, not to inadvertently toot my own horn by describing Aries. However, the esoteric, (laughs) the esoteric embodiment of Aries is the pioneer, right? It's the person willing to say what no one else in the room is saying, but everyone is thinking. And I think for content and for virality purposes, being able to write that punchline and grab people's attention and cut straight to the point in 60 seconds is a very Aries quality. Um, But I also have, you know, three planets in Pisces in the 12th house. So my creativity is what kind of comes up with the content, but then my Aries is what gets me out of bed and actually presses record. So I'm, I'm still trying to master the duality of them as the first sign and the 12th sign, but you know, it is a lifelong journey. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Pisces and Aries. What a cool chart. Oh, I love that. I mean, I, mean, I love every chart now. So tell me, so yeah. just for, for everybody listening, I'm an Aquarius rising and yes. turns out my mid heaven and Saturn are both in Sag very late degrees here. Yes. I love, is there any free to zoom in just a touch? I'm trying to see. Yeah. Oh, perfect. 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 Okay. Let me see. Oh, wow. Yeah. So your midheaven is Sag, your Saturn is Sag and your Aquarius rising. So let's go through those and talk about when you have the same sign in a couple or maybe even all of those placements, what do they mean? Right. Sometimes it can be like, oh man, we're all the same sign. What does it mean? So I (laughs) promise they manifest differently. Let's talk about it. So, (laughs) okay. Aquarius rising, right? Again, this is your soul contract. So you did sign up to live a life completely outside the norm. You made a commitment to do things differently than everyone else in your field, in your relationships, in the way you grew up, in the interests you had as a kid. Like you were probably the weirdo, right? Like the one who was always on that kind of like future pacing and had interests that eclipsed the the group and, and kind of carved out a tribe of people that mirror that as opposed to the low road of Aquarius, which is like, poor me, no one understands me, no one accepts me, you know, how do I stand out on my own, right? Mm, yeah, no, I don't feel that. Yes. But so I definitely are- have at, at, at times in my life, like just completely misunderstood. Hmm. But I've healed that so much because I do know, and I, through astrology, I have like, for me, Aquarius is like the outlaw. Um, that knows something about the future and, and it's one of my favorite parts of my chart and I've never heard it described quite like you have. So that's, yeah, I love the Aquarius in my chart and it's also air. Yes. So you're, you're double air water, but that specifically the soul contract of Aquarius is you signed up to break molds, to break barriers, to push back on anything that wasn't future pacing for the betterment of society, right? Aquarius is the thought leader. And when you couple that with your midheaven and your Saturn, both in Sag, that is a really, really powerful pioneer for this reason, because your life lesson has been developing your truth and your honesty and spearheading that for other people through the community that Aquarius cultivates, Mm -hmm. right? So totally. Wow. The life lesson is asking Saturn and Sag individuals, right? Can you commit 
to choosing honesty above everything. (laughs) And can you get comfortable making waves if and when necessary to keep the truth at the forefront of the conversation, to stay authentic, to stay transparent, to say what needs to be said, but in a way that reminds everyone of their joy, of the fact that there is always room to play. There is always room to love what you do, but that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your truth or what's right in front of you. And it's kind of like the truth seeker and also the teacher, which brings us to your midheaven, right? It's no surprise to me that you inspire countless people to be true to their word, to be true to their story, true to their mission, because your midheaven, your career is the storyteller of Sag. You create narratives that let people accept who they really are and amplify their authentic voice. And I could not think of anything more Sagittarian than that. Um, you're amazing. Thank you so much for that quick little, for that quick little reading. I feel selfish even taking that time, but I think there will lots of people are just so interested because what ocean's pointing out is that I'm living my chart. And that's something that I feel when you're not, it's like, there's like, you're out of alignment, you know, with your soul and with your soul contract. And so to better understand your chart is to better understand how to live your chart. And there are so many people that I've, you know, um, read their charts and I'm like, oh man, I really want to like help you step into your chart because this is such a beautiful framework. Like you said, there's absolutely free will, but there's this framework here. There's this river that we are being guided towards if we can just, you know, lean into it. So thank you for that. And I'm seeing my chart in a whole new way. It's so powerful, um, astrology, and it's just so fun having these conversations with people who are just so tuned in and you're so eloquent with your words and I'm just, yeah, so inspired. So everybody's sitting here probably thinking, okay, how is this amazingly talented human being only 24? We're sort of going backwards here. We just jumped right in. I would love for you to just share a little bit more of your story and how you got to be so just successful and, um, honest and, good at what you're doing. I know that there's probably a really cool story there and what feels important to share and, um, a little bit more about, you know, ocean. Sure. So I was homeschooled. I was definitely, you know, the weird kid making herbal blends in the backyard and sitting on, you know, my hands and knees in the astrology spirituality section of every bookstore after, my classes or after whatever. And um, so astrology has kind of followed me around for most of my life, but I didn't start taking it seriously as a career um, until about a couple of years ago. Because before that, I had grown up more in the media publishing and startup track. And I kind of just assumed that that's what I was going to do. I got this prestigious Teal Fellowship when I was 17, Um, I had a national youth culture magazine dedicated to making really big topics accessible to my generation instead of just prom dresses and sex tips and stuff. I was like, you know what? We can have deeper conversations about how to save the environment, how to take care of our mental health. And I want to make that accessible. So I launched that. I scaled it. I had the co-founder of PayPal backing me at 17. Um, We were in Whole Foods and Barnes and Noble. And it was a whirlwind of Forbes 30 under 30 and TED Talks and all this crazy stuff. And I kind of just woke up one day when I was 20 and I was like, you know what? I don't recognize my own life. I don't feel like I'm living in my own skin. And I think if I don't make a change now, that I will get so deep into this that I'll forget it doesn't feel like me anymore. Mm. And my life will just become that story. And I was so afraid of being defined by something that didn't really feel like me and to my bones. And so I sunsetted that company and I left all of that behind. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done. And it was the best possible decision I could have made. I booked a one-way ticket to Los Angeles to pursue music. I signed a publishing deal. I landed music in MTV and Netflix. And again, I was doing something I loved, but there was some purpose aspect Mm -hmm. that still felt like it was missing. And then I found Deborah Silverman Astrology. She had actually been in my life since I was 15 in a kind of 
uh, fairy godmother capacity, but I went through the program, I graduated all three levels, and I launched my personal practice about a year and a half ago. And since then, you know, I was like, this could be a cool side hustle. I feel like when I get off the phone, I've really had a meaningful impact with that person. And it had the the purpose aspect to these different careers I'd had that I'd experienced some success in, but it just felt like there has to be more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it went from a cool side hustle to something that there was a full-time demand for. And that's where my attention has gone. And so over the past few months, I've not only been incorporating um, you know, readings and content, like with my collab with Target, I did the seven picks for tourist season and they gave me a budget to go buy a bunch of things that I thought a tourist would like and then make a TikTok for their page. And it was such a fun project. Um, so I was like, you know, this is really fun, but again, I want to come recenter purpose. And, um, and then I ended up launching July 1st, a collective for aspiring astrologers to be able to continue their studies and have a community of like-minded individuals, um, and really set people up to make that wider impact as well. So that's how I'm here. Uh, and it's been a crazy crazy couple of years. Yeah. Crazy. I'm so proud of you. I mean, it's an amazing story and it's totally, you know, at that age, even at 24, actually 24, I was like starting to realize that I was alive, but Mm -hmm. before then it was just like this floating ego of anxiety, you know, escaping and self-medicating and just completely asleep. So Mm -hmm. I love just to bring it full circle I feel that this is so much like in honor of that, like awakeness of like, you know, where in the parts of your life and in your chart or whatever, however you want to describe it are asleep and how can you lean into that? And you have done such a beautiful job of just describing that. And the fact that you are so young is, is definitely, it's, it's inspiring and like, just awe, like what's possible, you know, when people are getting access to these tools much younger, like if only I knew what the word anxiety was, or if I even knew how to describe my Gemini and cancer moon, like the level of understanding I would have had about myself, you know, what could I've created, you know, it's so powerful. So to see somebody like really, I think I, I feel so old saying this, but I see the dances and I see the little outfits and like the, the, you know, choreographed things and every single person posting the same dance. And then there's people in Gen Z that are like literally tackling climate control through TikTok. And Mm -hmm. it's so cool that with, with what we have access to the people that, you know, it's not just everyone follows it. It's like, there are people using the tools, using the technology to better humanity, to innovation, to the future, to all this stuff. And I'm just so proud of you and hearing your story and you are having a major effect. Like I was saying before, I hired uh, Krista Q. She's my new media buyer. She'll be on this podcast soon if I can get her to do it. And she was like, do you follow the witchy kids? She's so cool. Like you have to have this girl on your podcast. She's like the astrologer for Gen Z. She has a target thing. Like, I just want to reflect back to you. Like it's happening and just keep leaning in and keep following that river because it's totally working for you and you are healing so many, um, through your humor, like some of them, like you guys just, everyone go follow ocean on TikTok. Um, I'm going to go download it so she can be everybody's first follow because I can guarantee 90% of people listening right now do not have TikTok. I am feeling so old, but also so excited for the future and what's to come knowing that there's amazing people like you sort of like leading that charge at that intersection. Like you said, for me, it's the intersection of technology and humanity. And for you, it's through the lens of astrology. And I just love everything you have to say about it. So thank you for joining this combo. Mm-hmm. I would love to have you back on and just dive deeper into you just, there's so much depth. Like you posted the other day about the mother wound and I was having a major experience around my miscarriage that came up out of nowhere. I mean, out of nowhere, like a slap in the face, like knocked me over. And then I watched your video 
And, and then the other, other times it's so funny and it's like making fun of myself, you know, and it just like lightens the whole thing and doesn't make it so heavy. So there's just, you know, you're so tuned in, you're so tapped in. And I just want to reflect that to you that you are being perceived in a, an amazing way. And you are who everyone thinks you are, you know, you you're walking your talk and yeah, I'm cheering you on. <laughs> you're going to make me cry. I am you just made my day and I'm so grateful to learn from you and coexist with you in this weird internet world, even though we've never met in person, all of these synchronicities. And I do trust the timing of us coming together at this point. And I would love to come back. Um, and I'm super excited for your new program that just launched today. Thank you. Um, and thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I would awesome. love to see you on TikTok. In fact, when we follow each other, I'll send you videos I think you'll like to help okay. customize your okay. algorithm faster than usual. Like today, I just learned how to collect rainwater and then also got advice from a TikTok therapist and also saw this ridiculously cute cat playing in styrofoam peanuts. So it's like the perfect, if I could describe myself in three TikTok videos, like that, <laughs> it just, it is, it is what you want it to be. Right. And you find the right people, the right people find you. And it's a great corner of the internet to be. So come play. Great, 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 great. So if you want to find more ocean, um, give us all the calls to actions. When can we join your collective or your group next? Like how can we find you book you play with you? Absolutely. So on TikTok, I'm at ocean pleasant. My first name is a noun and my last name is an adjective. So pretty easy to look up and spell ocean pleasant on TikTok. Um, at witchy kid on Instagram for exclusive astrology content on Instagram um, and witchykid.com to book a session um, and sign up for my collective if you are an aspiring astrologer or you just want to learn more than what you can find on your own in self-study uh, and that is members.witchykid.com. Amazing we'll put all of that in the show notes thank you so much um, just before we wrap up, I'd love just to, I just have three rapid fire questions for you. They're not rap. They don't have to be rapid fire, but you are all fire. So <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Um, my first question is most, the best book you recently read or what you're reading right now. Ooh. Okay. There is. Can I actually counter with a Ted talk? Totally. Because this I know you've seen this and I know so many people have seen this, but I rewatched this Ted talk yesterday and I think I want to rewatch it once a month just to not feel so alone in the world sometimes. And you've probably already heard of it, but it's Elizabeth Gilbert's talk on the creative genius. It's 18 minutes long. And I just rewatched that and it brought me to tears because it talks about the app. And then she has a second video that's only eight minutes long that talks about the absolute values of the lowest lows and the highest highs and how the psyche can't tell the difference between the highs and the lows. So you have to come back to what you love more than yourself in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I, there are a few books that I can send you that I'm digging into right now, but I have to watch that like once a month. It's that's so profound. Thank you for countering with that. I will receive that counter and I accept that. Um, okay. Next question is who's your favorite follow? My favorite follow is, oh my gosh, I have to find her name and send her to you. All she does is natural plants and medicine. And she takes you along as she goes and finds, you know, she makes, um, uh, from the local day lilies in her friend's yard, or she, you know, taps maple, or she just like, will pick a weed off the side of the road and tell you what you can make with it. And she's a phenomenal creator. Um, absolutely incredible. I have to find her handle and send it to you. Um, oh my God, please do. Um, there's one person that I was just thinking of that I wanted to send you. And then I was realizing maybe I follow her because you posted her, but she's like a forager. Yes. She's Are we forager. talking about the same person? We might be. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. What is her Instagram name? It's driving me crazy. Wait, I only it, know her. Is it, is it, is it, it's not black forager, right? 
It is. I'm dead. I was going to send her to you. It's because you, you posted her once. I am obsessed. Black Forager. She is yes. absolutely incredible. Her name is Alexis Nicole. I am obsessed. Okay. That's amazing. I'm so glad we found it. Yes. That's Everybody wild. go follow her. She makes my day. Like she literally Same. makes my day, her excitement for plants. Okay. Yes. So glad I asked that question. You took the words right out of my mouth. Anytime I see her video, she makes my day and teaches me something new and makes me want to just go live off the grid. So amazing. I absolutely love it. I'm totally here for it. Yes. And my last question is for the people that come into your world via TikTok, via Instagram, book a session with you, whatever, cross your paths technologically, energetically. What's your prayer for them? What's your hope? My hope is that whether through astrology, or whatever framework resonates with you, that you find your way back to your center with grace and diligence and speed. Every time you get knocked off center, that you come back a little quicker each time. And that if astrology is a framework that helps you do that, I would love to be part of that conversation. And may we use it to activate why we came here and find our way back a little faster each time that we wobble. Aho. Uh, amazing um thank you so much you're the coolest you're the coolest I'm so grateful you're the coolest stop (laughs) stop like don't stop creating don't stop doing this you're you're crushing it we're all cheering you on thank you thank you thank you everyone go follow ocean and me on tiktok because by the time you hear this at krista ritma or should I do like a facade like copila j or should it just like for branding be my name It'd be cool to have it as authentic audience and then your name on the profile so that you could go viral with marketing tips or something you didn't know about emails or something you didn't know about, you know, Uh, some corner of the internet and that would just go viral so fast. So it depends if you want it for personal use or you want it to tie back into your business. No, I want it to tie back in. And I like the idea of making it authentic audience and then my name, because then our team, like other people could post to the TikTok from authentic audience. Cause I have such a killer team. So, okay. This is awesome. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Everybody go follow ocean. She'll be back real soon. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being on this journey. It's really so fun and we couldn't do it without you. Thank you for being here until next time. Keep growing.